five, four, three, two, one. Good morning. Good morning. It is Monday night for us, Tuesday morning for them. Yeah. You know, before we start sharing about our life, in case some of you wonder why we do that, I was just thinking about it when you when I was waiting for you right now. I want to explain. So before, like, if you're new and you're like, man, these guys, they just keep talking about, you know, whatever they go through before they go 10 minutes and then they finally get into the lesson. I want to explain to you. I grew up in a Christian home. Mm-hmm. And I grew up at a time where pastors never, we never knew their personal life. Yeah. On TV, or a lot of pastors in the churches, for whatever reason, they were very, very private. You know, and almost as if they didn't struggle with life, almost as if they lived in this holy bubble. And a holy bubble. <laughs> yeah. And so just so you can understand the reasoning why that we share our kids, we share the meals we make, we share when we're sick, we share our yawns on here. Is we share everything. Yeah, in case you didn't know why. And and in case you want an explanation, honestly, I don't want to be that private person. I don't want to be that person that you think is, oh, that's the pastor and this and that. Like honestly, because I came out of the music industry, um, by being private, it causes a mystery about you. That yeah. w- that's why people go to your concerts. That's why people go to your autograph signings because, <gasps> like, I get to be by them. I don't want that. I don't, I don't want that in, in, in ministry. I don't want that. And what do people do when they walk in after watching us for a year? Yeah, they, they're like, they feel like they know us already. Exactly. So every time I hear they that. They feel weird being around us. Yeah. Nobody's mm-hmm. starstruck. Nobody's like, oh, Pastor House of Written Up. It's exactly what we want. And I love hearing it. They're like, man, I've been watching you for a year, year and a half. And you guys are exactly the way you are in the video. I feel yeah. like I know you already. Yeah, they're like, you guys are just the same the way you guys yeah. are on YouTube. You guys are just the same. But I think it's it's so important, you know, um, that they do get to know us, you know. And I think it's important for them to realize that who we are. I, I love one thing, you know, it's so funny that you even said that because just this morning... Um, you know, I, I I saw a picture of when Abraham went up to say something on Pastor Appreciation Day. Mm. And that caught me by surprise, guys. It, it really did. It caught me by surprise. Like, he is so shy and never really goes up and says anything or anything like that. But he went up there on his own that day. And one thing that he said, he says, you know, he told David, you know, thank you for being an example to me. The same way you are at home is the same way you are here. And that meant a lot. He said for giving me an example of a real man, something like that. Yeah, of a real man of God. Yeah, a real man of God. Yeah, a real man of God. And who you are here is the same man you are at home and everything. And, you know, I love when he said that because... I love that my son has that example. Um, Nobody else could say that. Yeah, exactly. Um, he's around the out of all the kids, he's the one around us the most. Yeah, he is. You guys have to understand this, okay? You know, and and I say this with complete humility. Um, 
is you guys know that, you know, I just came from, from being with my, my kids in SoCal, you know, to celebrate Thanksgiving one week early. And, you know, as, as a single, I was a single mom for so long, many, many years. And a lot of the times, you know, we want to do so much to impress our kids and, and to do so much so that you're never forgotten because they grow up and they go on to, to live their lives. And, and we think like, you know, gosh, they're going to grow up, they're going to live their lives, they're going to move on and all of that. And, and you think, okay, well, you always feel like you have to do so much more, you have to sacrifice so much more so that you're not forgotten, you know. And, you know, I and man, I cooked my heart out. You know, I, I really did. I overdid so much. And, you know, throughout these last two days, you know, they invited other family. And I thought that was wonderful. But I thought that I was just going to have time with just my children. But it, it didn't happen that way. So I didn't even really get a chance to spend as much time as I wanted to with, with my kids. Well, yesterday but you know yeah and but it was still so much worth it guys but you then realize like every small moment every small moment is so worth it it's abraham oh <laughs> i thought he's working late yeah i thought so too oh. one of them's walking in right now guys oh. but you know you you're so grateful for those moments, you really, really are. Hey, babe, say hello to the camera as you pass through. And there's food on the counter for you, by the oh, way. Oh, one of the plates is yours. Yeah. Hurry up, go through. Say hello. <laughs> but, um, you know, guys, uh, you just begin to learn to appreciate and value so much and being a single mom and not thinking that your kids are going to be able to experience such beautiful moments like this. Um, and seeing that Abraham had said that that day, I was so grateful and so thankful that he finally had a moment to realize what it was to have that in his life because he grew up without having a father figure without knowing what it what it's even like to even have his father in his life you know and you know i say that to say that this is that when we have moments like that is that we seize them and that we appreciate them and that we take them in and um man we just have to appreciate those moments you know yeah yeah and be so mm -hmm. thankful for them and so mm -hmm. grateful for them and even if it's for a moment no matter no matter if they're just for a moment that we seize them and we take that opportunity and that we just um we just appreciate them
Yeah. Well, exactly what you just shared is exactly why I explained what I explained at the beginning of this video. Because I think a lot of pastors that keep their life very private are doing a disservice. Yeah. I'll tell you why. Because somebody will hear what you just said and get something out of that. Yeah. You know, and that's why it's so important, guys. That And that's why we do this, you know, because think about it. If all you want to do is get a Bible study, then you don't need this channel. There's probably a few hundred great Bible study channels that, that are, they go straight in the Word and everything, and then this channel is not needed. So, but, the, but, but you have some people that will look at that, that will look at this, you know, will look at something that I said as, you know, oh, it was a sign of weakness, and they'll be like, oh, well, you know, it's, but I look at people that look at that like that mm -hmm. as very shallow, you know, and I think like, yeah. you know, I think that then you need to search your heart. You need to look at your heart, honestly. Yeah, but I don't um, think anybody thinks that that's what, watching now because they would have not been watching. You know, I no, think because the people... I think when people are too critical like that, when people begin to think critical and think mm -hmm. like, you know, well, you know, um, she needs, she has some growing to do or, you know, or they can be critical, then you need to really search your heart and... Mm -hmm. um, then you really need to, you need to humble yourself, you yeah. know? But I really. mean, like, nine minutes in, none of those people are on here. Because it literally takes you 30 seconds to know whether you want to watch a video or not. When, yeah. when I go to YouTube and look at other things. So those, those, anybody that would even think like that is not even on at nine minutes and 49 seconds. You know, but you're right, you know? But I think that that's why we choose to just share our hearts and be ourselves read scripture and make it relevant yeah. you know i think that is you know what we were called to do you know because i think i think we do it okay <laughs> you know and um but yeah you know um we did have a great time you know it's worth the drive guys it the more i drive down there the, the shorter it seems to be honest i remember the first times i mean i've been to la you know countless times before i knew sharon but obviously it's more often because her family's there, you know, but, um, you know, it it really isn't that bad of a drive, honestly. Um, it really isn't. Yesterday felt like we got here quick, you know, and not because I sped, guys. <laughs> it just felt quick, you know. Uh, it got dark early, and for some reason in the dark, it just zooms through, zooms by, you know. Oh, I don't know. I slept all the way, guys. It must have been really <laughs> fast for you then. Yeah. You know, but... um. I wanted to really talk about this subject uh, or this verse that I quote quite a bit, you know, and I just want to, can we get into it? Or? Sure. All right. It is in the... Sure. I do want to quick make, make a quick announcement, though. For those who are local, though, um, and those that did, I'm talking to our local um, church family, guys. If you are going to be part of the church choir... Um, for our December program, please make sure that you get a hold of me um, through our church email at housearrestchurch at gmail.com. Um, I definitely would like to let you know when we will be having our, our first uh, choir practice. So please uh, reach out to me. And if you, I know you, you must have my information if you um, have been at the church already. So reach out to me. Okay. All right. That's about it. Isaiah, 
42. Isaías 42. Isaiah 42. Isaiah 42. Verse 8. A verse I quote very often. Verse 8? Yeah. Okay, I'm there. It's probably... Oh, it's on... <laughs> 5 through 9. Okay. Yeah, I just want well, 8. Where's the 9 start? Where's 10 start? So it'll probably be somewhere... Right here. Is that it? I think. Uh, let's see. I'll just read it. It's, okay. Read. Yeah, it is that part. I don't know if I like it there, but we'll read the Amplified also. Okay, Isaiah 42, 8 says this. I am the Lord, that is my name, and my glory I will not give to another, nor my praise to carved images. And the message, David reads out of the New King James, and I'll be reading out of the message. It says, I am God, that's my name. I don't franchise my glory. Don't endorse the no God idols. Take note. Right? Yeah, that's it. Read the Amplified now. This is one. Sometimes I love the Amplified. Verse 8. I should have put it on the Wi-Fi. Oh, that's all right. On the Wi-Fi. <laughs> Remember when you first got yeah, it? Yeah, I didn't know how to say Wi-Fi. It was Wi-Fi, not Wi-Fi. Okay. Maybe I should close all these out. You had a bunch of windows open? Yes. Close your windows. Okay. So, verse 8. Yeah. All right, here it is. I am the Lord, that is my name. My glory I will not give to another, nor my praise to carved idols. Wow. So, the Lord says he will not give his glory to... How to say it again? Before you close it out? Verse 8. That's 7. That's 7. Oh, sorry. I am the Lord, that is my name, my glory, I will not give to another. Guys, um, I have quoted that over and 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 over. Ever since I first read it in prison. And I'll be honest with you, this verse made my knees shake. It really did. I'm not sure where I heard it. I don't know if I read it or if I was reading a book that put it, you know, in context. I don't remember. It might have been the Bible college. I don't know what it was, man. But this verse really stood out to me because I read this verse. Obviously, I'd read it many times before I knew I was called to pastor. You do. You, you share it a lot up there from the pulpit. Yeah. Yeah. Because uh, I read the Bible several times. But once I was called to pastor and... And then this uh, verse sounded a whole lot different to me. The reason being is because he says, I'll share my glory with no one. I'm not going to give my glory to anyone. That means all glory belongs to him. So this verse truly 
my prayers were, God, never, never, never let me exalt myself. Never. You know, and, and there's a few things we do at House of Rest that maybe you don't notice, maybe you do notice, or, or actually maybe things we don't do. But I'm going to state a few of them and I'll tell you why I'm, they're on purpose. Okay. Um, I released a Christian rap album in 2013 um, called uh, Dino called to Reach the Masses. No picture of me on the front. It was a picture of a cross. We released a single, both of us. No picture of us on the front. It was of your little feet. <laughs> <laughs> the tips of my feet. Yeah. Not my whole feet either. Um, we did a song with uh, me, Tony, and Anthony, and you guys doing the chorus. No picture on the cover. We release a flyer every week of the sermon title. No picture on the cover. We've had flyers of services of this or that. No picture on the cover. You know, because this verse, like, would never leave me. And so when I got out of prison, I remember seeing billboards of churches. And the picture of the pastor and his wife were bigger than the words of the address of the church. <laughs> You know, and I and it thought and, and it popped in my head, honestly, guys, because I used to be in marketing. I used to own a record label. And I remembered if you go back to all of my album covers, it was my big old face on every single cover. I'll tell you why. Because I wanted to be recognized. I wanted to, because if you think about it, like there's other rappers that were huge. The bigger the rappers were, the less they put themselves on the cover, because everybody knew who they were already. You know, why did Tupac need to be in the front? Why I remember there's a um, Cypress Hill. They put like some drawing on the front. Why? Because they didn't need to be known. They already know. So what changed? I mean, because I remember when I think was it at the beginning when you first started your church? Mm -hmm. I think you had some business cards or something. Yes. So what changed? I was angry about that. I was angry, right? Because I was a new I was a new pastor with a new congregation. And I allowed people that were serving God longer than me to convince me to say, oh, you have to, you have to, because people want to see who the pastor is and this and that, whatever. And I was kind of growing into my own as a pastor. And I'm just like, well, maybe they know more than me. They've been saved for 20 years. They've been saved for a long time. And, you know, or, or they came from bigger churches and allowed that influence to come in, you know. And um, I think I made one flyer. And after that, I'm like, yeah, I don't like that. I'm done. I'm done. You know, so I forgot about that. Yeah. But yeah, that is why. Because, because I remember finding one. And yeah. I remember you had um, a flyer that had that. And, mm -hmm. you know, that's why I questioned. Yeah, no, that's a good question. I'm glad you asked because somebody else might remember that. That is why. And I allowed myself to be influenced by other believers because you know what? They meant, I know they meant good because yeah. that's all they've known. You know, but once I started to get my wind as a pastor and started to be like, okay, wait a second. Um, if God has called me to pastor, he's called me to lead, you know, and I felt wrong. I remember feeling conviction about having yeah. my face in the cover and I'm like, yeah, I'm done with that. So I think that's why it's so important too, because, you know, I mean, I know we've had, we've had people within, you know, within our church that have made you know, business cards, you know, for other reasons, and they've put their own, their own picture or whatever, for whatever reason and everything, you know, 
um, for other stuff. And well, you know, I, there's nothing wrong with it. Well, well, here's yeah. here's a thing, you know, and well, you got to let me finish yeah, before I'm sorry. I, yeah. yeah, you know, you don't sorry. like me doing that. I know, do I know. To me. I apologize. You know, um, and I've had other people come and ask me, you know, oh, is that your your pastor and everything? And I'll be like, oh, no, no, they're not the pastors. They're they're authors of the book or something like yeah. that, you know. So we got to be very, very careful with a lot of the things that that we portray, you know, when it has the church name and stuff like that or, you know, and everything. And that's why I tell people sometimes whenever we're representing the church, we got to be careful what we also put out, you know, mm -hmm. um, what, what we do whenever yeah. we put the church name on it. And, and I think those things are important to do as well. You know, yeah. so whenever we're representing the church, I think it's important that what, what we what we do is important. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but I mean, like, I don't think I'm like completely legalistic. Like if we go to the website, you're going to find pictures of us because yeah. if somebody goes to the website, they want to find out, well, who's the pastor? Where did he go to school? Who's this? Who's, you know, what I mean, that is understandable. I'm not like super like all of a sudden, you know, super uh, anti having a picture or else yeah. or else I wouldn't have a channel. I'd be wearing a mask right now. You know what I mean? But, <laughs> you know, but like, I guess this verse where he says he shares the glory with no one, that has always struck me because once I got out of prison, I saw so much vanity in ministry. Okay. I saw so much vanity, so much self-importance, so much self-title, you know? Like, I would see these preachers and they had a... PhD in divinity and they were a psychologist and they were a pastor and whatever and they would have all this long old title uh, you know and it's like if they were in the army they'd be colonel sergeant minister divinity pastor evangelist apostle and I'm just like this this is really dumb this is really dumb seriously you know and it just doesn't make sense, you know? It doesn't make sense to me. Um, I don't see in the Bible anybody saying, I'm the great prophet this, I'm a great prophet that. They were called prophets because they were. They just, they just, they were, so they lived it. You know what I mean? And that was it. And, um, but I think... But I don't, I don't think there's anything wrong. I don't think there's anything wrong with... Um, with it being done for recognition of um, to uh, give announcement for something or, you know, no, or, no. or you know, um, for for recognitions or for mm -hmm. for something to be to show that. Um, but I get what you're saying, though, and I think that that has to be really I think that you have to really. um Explain that better, though, because, you know, oh, there's, there's, yeah, there's, there's a difference between, um, to announce, you know, a, a service as opposed to continuously putting yourself above something. Now, well, you get what I'm saying? Okay, I've got a couple examples. Because, you know, if, if I'm, if I'm, you know, if I want to show that I'm the pastor of this church, it's, it's one thing to do it, but to continuously mm -hmm. um, put yourself above the yeah. cross or above something is a different thing. Mm -hmm. And to always, you know, I, I get what you're saying though, because I went to, a, I did go to a church where it was hard to 
to get to know the pastor. And, you know, I felt that the only reason why I got a chance to get, get to know him is because I became part of the hospitality team. Yeah. And, you know, that was the only way that I really got a chance to get close um, to them. And I was there for 22 years, mm -hmm. you know, and I had to become part of certain teams in order just to really become close. And, and that was hard, you know, because we do want to get to know our pastors on a personal level. We want to become yeah. close to them. We want to, you know, as pastors, do we stretch ourselves so thin? We can't either because it, it's it's hard. We're we're two people. Yeah. And it's hard. And that's why we have assistant pastors or that's why we have leadership and everything so that we can be able to reach so many, you know, but at the same time, we are humbled enough. We are humble enough to be able to be part of a family and humble enough to partake in everything together. You get what I'm saying? And yeah. become a part of a family because we're nothing better. Yeah. You know, we are nothing better. We're just alike as everyone else. Yeah. You know, a couple examples. We had Eli. Yeah. Eli did not go up there and be like, hey, I'm evangelist, Eli Contreras, or whatever. Yeah. No. But you know what? I said that because I recognize the calling in his life. So I said, I want to call up this evangelist because he is an evangelist. And, and that's different. You know, another thing is that, for instance, let's say somebody does come. Let's say Pastor Thomas comes, which he has. And I'm in introducing him. And I'll say, this is Pastor Thomas. He is a bishop and an overseer of over 500 churches. There's nothing wrong with that. I am saying that. He doesn't go up there and like, hey, look at me. You know what I mean? There's, there's pastors in the United States that because they oversee three or four churches, they consider themselves an apostle and a prophet and all this and that. And I'm just like, really? Four or five churches? Pastor Thomas, why does he oversee over 500 churches and he's not over here like you know just you know you you see the humbleness you see the difference of that you know and and for some reason i don't know what it is everybody wants to get recognized you know if if i would have somebody like uh, a pastor george who has bible colleges not just pastors that he oversees bible colleges that is something that i would brag for him about because i i see great honor in that you know, yeah. you know, and, or if he's coming, a lot of times he'll come and like nobody really knew him at the church. So he described the things that he has helped do as, as a way of, of, of letting us know, you know, but that's different from bragging. He's just simply letting us know of, of the accomplishments or whatever that they have done. You know, if I talk about my book, I'm like, yeah, you know, I wrote a book, but I don't make Pastor Al. Say, hey, every time I go up, I want you to say, hey, welcome, pastor, author, painter. You know, I'm like, you know, that's, that's you know, so. Um, I guess this whole, this whole thing for me is, is rooted on, on um, when people self-exalt themselves, guys, it's a very dangerous place to be at. And it's a very dangerous place. Thing to do um, because the Bible mentions about people that started right and ended wrong. Well, I guess I guess you're right because you know, in a sense, you know, you know, I, I, the other day I I 
seeing somebody, you know, being acknowledged as evangelists and not even a year ago, um, you know, I, I seen, you know, people had, you know, there, there had been, um, you know, history of, of this person that was an undercover drinker, you know, and, and it's sad when the rest of the people don't know the story behind people. And unfortunately, you know, that people can be, you know, that are, are called, you know, and are, are out there and being called evangelists or this and that, but they, they live a a certain type of life and, Mm -hmm. and that people, you know, are still blinded and they don't see, you know, or don't have the discernment because they're still new in Christ, unfortunately, Mm -hmm. or they're brand new followers. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and, and that's, and that's, and that, that breaks my heart. Unfortunately, I'll give more insight into this because this is somebody that's online. It's not somebody in Modesto or nothing. Um, this person was in a ministry and the person leading the ministry is, was, is a close friend of mine. You know, I don't talk to him as much, but, you know, I consider him a close friend. And all of a sudden, they parted ways, you know. Um, and the person that parted ways now started to, what's it called when you throw dirt on somebody? Uh, not, uh, bad mouth, or there's, there's another word for it when somebody does that. You don't know the word? Mm-hmm. So this person left and just threw dirt, threw dirt, threw dirt, threw dirt on, on my friend who was leading this ministry, right? And my friend didn't say nothing. Didn't say nothing. This person, because they knew the same people, spread all this dirt everywhere. No. And, um, okay, I was talking about somebody else. <laughs> so many people. Okay, and um, so... All this dirt gets thrown. <laughs> My wife texts me something right now. Guys, unfortunately. That's this, what I was talking about. Unfortunately, this happens more often than you want to yeah. think. So I thought she was talking about somebody else. But okay, I'm on this subject. This person left, threw all kinds of dirt, reached out to everybody they both knew, and shed bad, shed bad light on my friend. After about a year, I couldn't take it no more. I called my friend up. I'm like, why, why is this person saying all these things about me? I mean, about me, about you. <laughs> I'm sorry. Why is he saying so many things about you for? You know, and he goes, brother, he goes, I'm going to be honest with you. He goes, I, I had to release him from this ministry because he was a raging alcoholic. I'm like, what? He was, yeah, the whole time he was doing seminars and teaching and doing all this and that, doing videos under my uh, my channel and under the ministry. He was a raging drunk. And he finally, we were at a restaurant. We got into a big old, he always wanted to fist fight me. He was, so I released him from the ministry. And I'm like, and all this year that he's been saying all these horrible things about you, you just kept your mouth shut? You know, and, and he told me why. He says, man, you know what? I don't have to, I didn't have to, I don't have to stand up for myself. He knows what he did. He knows what he was doing. I agreed and half agreed with him and I disagreed because, unfortunately, because he didn't say anything. He didn't, sometimes in silence, 
people assumed then that he was right the whole time. Yeah. You know, and all of a sudden, you know, recently I saw him again trying to minister and this and that. And he looks just bugged out like he's on coke or something. And it's just weird, man. It's weird because he he's, he's very self-absorbed. And, and unfortunately, this is rampant in ministry, you know, and... I said it the other day, you know, I, we were watching this show the other day on Netflix about this, this ministry that just went wrong. And, and it started out right. Yeah, it started out right. That's a good point you said that. Yes. Yeah, because most right. ministries start out right. Yeah, because I even asked you and I said, you know, David, like, why? why what, what happens? Like, what happens? Like, at what point... Because it, it started out so beautiful, guys. Like, because I've seen this so much where everything seems so genuine, so beautiful. You see the heart of it, and it's just so beautiful. Um, the prayers are beautiful. The heart of it is just beautiful, and, and you could just feel it. Yeah. You feel it just so so sincere, so beautiful, and, and you feel the heart of Jesus. And then at, and, and you just slowly start to see it. As and the ministry grows. Yeah, as the ministry grows, you see start to see the separation. Mm-hmm. And and it just it becomes heartbreaking. Yeah. yeah. But one thing I did notice, right, is this ministry, the show we were watching, it was it's a documentary. I remember that the, the, the person that was leading that ministry was very elaborate. Very, what's the word you say? Show-offy or... That show you were watching, that lady. Oh, yeah. Um, what would you say? Like, just very showmanship or... Showmanship. The more you start saying words, the more it just oh. leaves me. Don't say no words. <laughs> you say some far-off words. The just more and more you... Oh my God! You say more and more words. I'm like. So, anyways. Anyways, uh, it'll come to me. When I started comparing this person and on that documentary to other people that have been in television or or televangelists, and there's, I, I told Sharon, I said, "This is weird. There's one trait that I notice." is they're very much the center of attention. They make themselves the center yeah. of attention. The way they dress, the way they do their hair, the way they wear their makeup, the way everything, like you want to be the center of attention. You want that glory, which is coming back to this verse. It is very self-apparent. Yeah. I see it in, in many Christian rappers. I see it in, in self-proclaimed evangelists. And the reason I say self-proclaimed is because if you are a true evangelist, what it would... The best evangelist ever was, was John the Baptist. And what did he say? Let it be more of him and less of me. Less of me, yeah. So that's why I say that. You know, I've seen this in preachers where they got to be the the one in the most stylish clothes, the one with the most expensive shoes. And they're very lofty towards everybody. Yeah, the one with the the weird hairdo, weird haircut, or weird (laughs) something, something that sets them apart. And and I'm sorry, but... Educate me, but the only reason somebody does that, somebody wants to be different, you want to dread because you want to show, you want to be separated from everybody else. You want people to notice you, you know, and, and I see it, you know, and, and I see it so clearly because I was in the music industry and that's what the music industry was about. 
You wanted to be the different one. You wanted to be able to walk into the club or the concert or whatever and everybody know you're the man. You know, and, and I see that spirit in the church and it makes me sick. I see it in ministry, it makes me sick. I see it on Facebook and it makes me sick. When people try to self-exalt themselves, self-title themselves, and they want to get some of the glory of God and rub it on themselves or something, but the Lord says, I share my glory, I give it to nobody. Yeah. All glory belongs to the Lord. All glory, all honor, all everything belongs to Jesus and Him alone. You know, and, you know, I'm just bothered, you know, the seeing this guy on 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 a video and this guy that, that he's still at it and he still looks all bugged out. And the person, you know, you're talking about too, um, um, you know, again, self-proclaimed evangelist. And, and it's heartbreaking because, you know, it doesn't matter what you do. If you got other people saying, oh, man, this person's doing this and doing that, but I heard that they were drunk at the park the other night. You know, I caught them by themselves. They are way over there by themselves drinking. I mean, stuff like that is heartbreaking. Yeah. It's heartbreaking, you know, and, man, I yeah, don't know, but guys. But the thing is, is, you know, here's the thing. You know, they think that nobody knows, but the thing is, is that God knows and the, the one that matters. Yeah. The one God, that matters. God knows, you know, and you don't you don't know who's watching. You don't know who who knows and and things get around and a lot of the times um you know things do get around and yeah. you don't know who does know and things do get around to pastors do and here's the thing that you know when things get around to pastors or they get around to leadership and everything um you know, it's it's an it's important um, mm -hmm. that that you you that you watch what you do because the one that does know is is Christ and and mm -hmm. you got to make sure that you be an example unto others and most importantly that um, you keep your testimony you guard your testimony unto the one that's most important which is Christ you know that you live your life accordingly. Yeah. I think that's that's what's most important because he's he knows and that's what's important. Yeah. And it, and it's hard guys. It's it's really hard when you live when you you're ministering in a small town like like say Modesto. Maybe big cities are the same. I, I don't know, you know. And, and it, it's a fine line of like put it let me say that let me say it like this. I like writing books. Um if I wrote the books of all the stuff I knew, if I wrote a book about all the stuff I knew of people that are safe proclaimed ministers, evangelists, whatever, in the city of Modesto, it'd be a thick book. You know, and it's a very fine line because sometimes I'll sit down with some of the congregation, people that we love, and I'm just like, man, I don't want to name drop. I don't want to say this or that because I see the people that are around sometimes. And sometimes I want to shake them and be like, I know this and this and this, you know, and, and but instead I'm just like, okay, okay. And I just sit them down and be like, hey, you know, I, I noticed that you're going here, going there. You got to be really careful on who you're around because sometimes people aren't who they pro proclaim to be and who they portray to be, you know. And and, and they'll be like, oh, you're, you're right, Pastor. You're right. You're right. 
And then the next weekend, I see him again. And I'm just like, do I literally got to name drop? Like, I don't really want to get to that. I don't. I really don't. You know what I mean? But, man, it gets <laughs> it gets frustrating, guys. It really I, does. I just think that that's where we we have to have discernment, you know? We really do, you know? You have to ask the Lord for that discernment. You have to be the one that has to be guided um, by the Holy Spirit. Because mm -hmm. I'm not yeah. even trying to hear stuff, and I do, so that means they maybe people hear that stuff too, and they don't care. I don't know. Yeah. You know, unfortunately, what's that old saying? Uh, feathers of a... No. <laughs> Something flocks together. Yeah. I don't know, guys. I know you guys are going to correct me on the, on the <laughs> comments, but... I don't know. You know, um, guys, just give God his glory that is due him and only him and him alone. You know, and don't ever follow self-exalting people. Um, just be humble. Those of you that are serving God and our leaders, um, pray that you stay humble. You know, if if you know in your heart, man, you know in your heart that if all of a sudden you're, you pastored, you know, 2,000 people. You know where your heart would go. Just be honest with yourself. Be like, Lord, I don't want that then. All of a sudden, you get a bunch of followers on YouTube. You know you would change in your heart and be like, Lord, keep me small. Keep me small and let me grow. Let my maturity handle the level where you take me first. Yeah, keep me humble. Because a lot of times we'll reach a level and the humbleness is still down here, immature. You know, and... and Guys, God is not to be mocked. God is not to be mocked. He is a holy God. You know, he's a holy God. And think of, put it this way. There's angels in his throne 24-7 that he's so holy, they can't even open their eyes to see him. Think about that. You know, the Bible says, matter of fact, that Isaiah, the one we're reading, was taken to the throne room of God, a prophet. And when he stood before God, he realized that he was a man of unclean lips and he was not even worthy to speak in the throne room of God. Think about that. This is a prophet. Can I ask you a question? Sure. It's a, it's a, you'll give me an honest answer. Okay. Do you think it's right for someone to, um, like if, if they're going to, seek um seek counsel from their pastor that they go to seek counsel from their pastor mm -hmm. is to seek counsel but to receive what they're going to receive from their pastor because they're obviously going to seek counsel and receive what it is that they're you know what their pastor is going to say but don't just call to throw trash at them and, and think that they're, they're dumping, it's their mm -hmm. dumping place, you know, because some people will do that, mm -hmm. you know, would it be right for, you know, for, for us as leaders to be like, Hey, I'm not your dumping ground. Is that, is that? I've had to say that before to people to say, I didn't say dumping ground. I said, are you calling me because you want my advice or, or am I your garbage can? Mm -hmm. I've said that a couple times over the years because sometimes it, it reaches that you know um, I think it's more of this is that sometimes people have 
let's say five or six people they reach out to mm-hmm. to get advice because really what they're doing is looking for the advice they want to hear. Yeah. And what happens is when you don't tell them the advice you want to hear, you don't hear from them for months <laughs> because they went with the person that said what they wanted to hear. But then once in a while, they'll get blocked by that person. So they go back to the Rolodex and start calling people again. It's a cycle. Man, Satan works in cycles. And so that means people are going to operate in cycles that are not operating in the things of God. You know, and, and it cycles all over again. You know, unfortunately. Because of what I had just talked to you earlier about, you know, so yeah. that I, I just kind of feel like, you know, that sometimes people need to learn to not be a dumping ground and they need to learn how to look out for that. Yeah. Yeah. So how do how do people approach that, though? But I don't think as leaders, I think as anybody. Yeah, anybody. So how do yeah. people approach that and how do people know how to tell people, hey, I'm not your... I'm not your dumping, your dumping ground. Your trash can? Your trash can, yeah. Is when somebody calls you with an issue or a problem and they seem like they want advice. And you know you gave them godly advice. Mm-hmm. And they go and do the opposite. I think to, after two or three times, because sometimes we're thick-headed, so we got to hear it a few times, you know, we got to hit rock bottom and then we're like, oh, that's what they were talking about. But once, once... After a certain point, they don't want your advice. They just want to dump stuff on you. Yeah. You know, and you have to learn to recognize that and, and pray about that. And and finally, that's when you got to tell them that. Like, if you're like, you know what? Did you follow my advice last time? No. How about the time before that? No. Time before that? No. Well, then obviously you don't respect my advice. So why are you calling me now? Yeah. If you didn't respect my advice then, what what are you doing then? Yeah, you know? and I think that's something that needs to be learned to be said even before they even even you lend them an ear, mm-hmm. before you lend them an ear, right? Because before they even fill you up with their trash, right? Yeah. Yeah. Because I, you know, cuz I really believe that sometimes sometimes the enemy will will use it's sometimes it's just not them but the enemy will use them to bring things that are inappropriate you know sometimes the the enemy will find a way in that's an open door sometimes to bring things negativity that are that are negative into your home um you know things that are inappropriate into your husband's mind or into the woman's mind or something that is that is not right and that will weigh down in any way. And that's an open door, guys. So this is the reason why I wanted to bring that up because you know what? That trash is an open door to to negative things in your household and in your home and in, in the heart or in the mind of the person that, that is listening to these things. So you know what? You gotta shut that, you gotta shut that down from the beginning. If that person never took your advice the first, second, or third time, like he says, then you gotta shut it down right then and there and be like, you know what, if you didn't hear me the first, second, or third time, you know what? I'm gonna keep it into I'm gonna keep you in prayer. Um, brother, that's all I can do. But you gotta you gotta seek God, not me. Because I can't change things, but I know the one who can, and I'm going to pray. Let's just pray. And maybe that's what you need to do immediately, is immediately pray, but not listen to the garbage anymore. Mm -hmm. Because there has to be a time when you just got to cut it 
from that moment and not listen to the negativity and not allow those things to, to come into play and are into your mind or into your heart anymore and not let it weigh you down or bring a burden in, onto, onto your heart or, or into your mind anymore. You brought up a good point right now is honestly, I think a lot of times people, they don't want God's advice because if, if they're Christians, they know God's advice and they just don't want to heed it. That's so what right. they're doing is actually they're seeking out for a carnal Christian to agree with them. Yeah. that That's what it is. They just, they want justification to be able to say, well, so-and-so said it's okay. So-and-so, you know, that sister said it's okay. That brother said it's okay. That's what they're looking for because they're not trying to seek God because they already know the answer. They already know the word. I'm talking about believers, Christians. And another point you brought up that is, is important to reiterate is the fact of this, guys, is if you ever notice, if somebody is having, say, divorce issues, like they're divorce or major problems in a marriage, and they're constantly dumping on you, dumping on you, dumping on you, you got to be careful because that spirit will come now into your marriage. Mm -hmm. And now all of a sudden you find yourself fighting because you became um, toxic. You allowed this person to put toxic toxicity, toxicity. into you. Mm -hmm. And now that is going to start smelling up your marriage. So you got to yeah. be really careful um, with that also, man, seriously. And, 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 and when you tell them, you know what, you need to pray about this, take it to God. And honestly, the fact is they don't want to hear what God has to say. Yeah, you, you will shut that door immediately. They will see that they can no longer come to you with their toxicity. And you know what, once it's closed, it can't, it can't come in and try to destroy or bring or come into your marriage. And you know what, it has to go somewhere else and it will not have a way into your home. And you have to close that door. And guess what? It will not destroy or come in and open up a door into your home. And so that's why I say that a lot of the times we have to close those doors. We have to take it to God. And, and you know what? And stand in the gap. We have to be the ones to do that. Because if they can't do it themselves, then you know what? Then stand in the gap for them. But you know what? Send it on its way. Send it on its way. So I, I just, I wanted to, I wanted to bring that up because you know what, you are not a garbage can. Um, and you know what, I, I, I just, I just pray that, that you, you understand that because we have a lot of best friends. We have a lot of family. We have a lot of people that, um, that we thought that cared about us and everything that will bring a lot of that, that garbage into our lives. And, and think that, you know, oh, well, I thought you cared about me. I thought you loved me. You know, I thought you were there for me and everything that will throw a lot of those guilt trips on us and everything. But you know what? If you do love them and if you do care about them and all that, you know what? Then you know what? You pray for them. And that is love. That is tough love. That is love in, in a way that maybe a lot of people have never truly showed them. You know what? You do love them. And that's why you're going to pray for them and stand with them in the best way that you can. And it's through prayer. Well, you know, you can always turn it around to that person. If somebody ever said, oh, like that, I thought you loved me. I thought you cared about me. You know, you could literally turn it around and say, well, exactly. I thought you loved me to take my advice. Yeah, I thought exactly. you cared. I thought you cared mm -hmm. about my advice, but obviously you don't. So, so you must think very small about my discernment. And about my judgment then, because you have not taken or heeded anything that I have given you. So it can be turned exactly, around. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I just needed to throw that little um, tidbit in, guys. I, I really did, because, you know, um, I, I was talking to him about that um, 
a, a few hours ago because of uh, something that happened, you know, a day or two ago. And, and I needed to share that. I really did. It was in my heart to share it. So, yeah. Amen. Man, 51 minutes. I guess because well, we owed it to him because yesterday. <laughs> but announcement. I finished Who Are You? Identity in Christ book today. Amen. Completely Amen. finished writing it. All this week, I'm going to design the cover and edit the whole thing. I'm going to... I already did it once. Every time I finish a chapter, I would go back and edit. But now, That's awesome. Now I'm going to go back, guys. So it's it's going on time. I wanted a December release for that. Yeah, so now we can get going on Lydia's stuff. Lydia's. And... Um, I'm going to design the cover tomorrow. Um, finish. I got to edit hers too. So I'm in editing mode. Eli's has already been dumped into the, the software that I use to get it formatted for book. I already did that right before we left. I did it. That's awesome. And so a lot, a lot of editing. Hold on editing going on with those books so all three are in editing mode right now and lydia's and my book cover will be done this week so i'm going to do a little ad with all three covers at the end of this week and marlene thank you so much i love what you said the other day about she was talking about my baked goods she's all it looks like it came out from a magazine thank you girl it did sharon magazine yeah someday yeah. what happened here i don't know all right, but thank you. I appreciate oh, I appreciate you uh, saying that. It was wonderful. Girl, I will tell you, it killed me. My legs were tired. I was exhausted, but it was so worth it. All worth it. One day I will have my little cookbook, and he's going to edit it and publish it. Right, babe? Mm -hmm. All right. Will happen. Will happen someday. All right, guys. All right, guys. God bless you guys. We will see you tomorrow. Yeah. And uh, we're tomorrow gonna... or tomorrow? Tomorrow. Tomorrow. Oh, tomorrow is a name in the Bible, huh? Tamara? Tamara. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we're going to enjoy the rest of our evening. It's fairly early. It was, at least when we started. What time is it? Uh, it's oh. 8 o'clock. 8 o'clock. Not bad. I'm going to have my dinner. We're going to watch some TV. And just hang out. God bless you guys. Thank you so much. Have a good day. Have a blessed day. See you later. Bye, guys.